I found that I'm more effective as a leader when I do take the time to listen and understand what my team needs and wants. You're still going to put your own style on it. You still have your own approach and agenda and, and things that, that you need the team to accomplish, but meeting them where they are is important. And it's an important lesson for me that I continue to learn. Hello, and welcome to Agnes Scott College's podcast, Journeys to Leadership, where we explore the paths of inspiring women leaders from around the globe. I'm Leo Kadiazak, president of Agnes Scott and the host of this podcast. I hope that our guest stories not only encourage you, our listeners and leaders of today and tomorrow, but they also inspire you as you take the next steps in your own journey. Today's guest is a 23-year Truist veteran. She received her BS, BA from the University of Florida and her MBA from Georgia State. She serves as a senior leader in the Georgia market and is responsible for directing and integrating client management business development activities, as well as all truest lines of business in Georgia. She works with for-profit and not-for-profit institutions across the region. Please join me in welcoming the Georgia Region President of Truist, Catherine Sayas. Welcome to Journeys to Leadership, Katie. We're delighted to have you. I'm grateful to be on. It's good to talk to you today. It's wonderful to chat with you. On Journeys to Leadership, we understand that leadership doesn't just happen. It's a journey. During our time today, we want to explore your journey, the ups, the downs, the surprises, all of it, or as much as we can get into this segment. So let's begin. Let's sort of step back a bit. Where did you grow up and what was that like? Well, I grew up not too far from Georgia in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, I, I grew up there with one younger sister. I was an academic child. I took a lot of pride in my grades. School was fun. It was easy for me. I went to high school in Florida and uh, did my undergraduate studies at the University of Florida. I'm actually a third-generation Florida Gator. My grandfather went there. He was an immigrant uh, to the United States from Cuba. And not only did he swim there, but he dove there, and he was a cheerleader at the University of Florida. My dad followed in his footsteps. So growing up in Jacksonville, it was always assumed that I would go to the University of Florida. And while I might have pushed back on that just a little bit, that's where I ended up, and it was a great experience for me. And then I uh, came to Atlanta, Georgia, shortly after graduating from the University of Florida. And after being here for a few years, I enrolled um, at Georgia State University, which is where I earned my master's in business administration. Well, let's dial back a little bit. You came from a Gator family. And when you were young, did you think you were going to go into finance? What did you think you were going to be when you grew up? No, not at all. I never thought that I would be a banker. I was actually pre-med. Growing up, I had a lot of exposure to um, the medical profession, and I had an interest in going to medical school and thought I would um, grow up to be a physician. However, when I ended up at the University of Florida, I, I took a number of the courses, and it was inorganic chemistry that got me. <laughs> it got me really good and made me reevaluate whether or not I was the right candidate uh, for a medical education. And, you know, looking back, Lee, um, I ended up switching majors. Um, I had a moment of crisis in college and 
my dad came down and sat me down and talked about my different options. In fact, he he marched me into the registrar's office and enrolled me in a business degree because that's what you did, and and that was the assurance of 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 a good career. Of course, this was back in the time where you had to you had that phone book of classes with the course codes. And you had to walk into an office and select your six digit course code. Um, but I changed over to a business major. Um, uh, my my junior year, and I chose finance not because I had uh, a strong acumen in math or, or finance, but because it fit with my schedule. So it was a little bit of a, a moment of crisis that ended me up in the business school office, and then a moment of convenience that I selected finance. But looking back, it was a bit of a blessing at the time. I love what I do. Um, the great thing about a finance degree is you can do anything with it. Now that can also be <laughs> that can also be a challenge because if you don't know what you want to do, uh, sometimes you can feel a bit overwhelmed with the options. And that's where I found myself my senior year of college. I didn't know what I wanted to be or to do, um, or even where to start. And I went to my college career fair, and there was a, a booth set up for a bank, and they talked to me about a a bank training program and not really knowing what I wanted to do. It felt like a really good, safe, next step after college. So that's how I ended up here at Truist. Um, I went through the commercial banking training program. I started in 2000 and I joined with 17 other um, individuals who were part of my cohort. It was a year long training program where we had immersive studies and and finance and credit and underwriting, Um, but it also was a rotational program where we got to experience different parts of the bank and learn where um, I was going to be a good fit, a good fit for me, and also a good fit for the bank. So that's how I ended up here. Well, I'm sure people are very interested in what that experience was like, especially as you started the training program. Were there many other women? Um, Did you feel immediately, this is what I wanted to do? Um, Well, I never knew if I was fitting in early on. being a graduate from the University of Florida, going to a bank training program in Georgia, I was surrounded by a bunch of bulldogs and, and other um, other individuals from different schools. So, you know, early on, I did struggle to fit in. I wasn't quite sure where my place was. Um, about six months in, though, I got assigned to a team out in Gwinnett County here in Atlanta. And um, I was just surrounded by great people. And that was one of my first lessons here in banking is that banking is a people business and it's about the relationships that you build. And in my 23 years at at this organization, I've held a number of different roles and I've had different responsibilities. Some of those were client-facing, some of those were more operations or or internal, some roles were leadership and some were individual production roles. And and each of them has their pros and cons. And I've done... um, better at some than others, but at the core of every role that I've had here, it's being around people and building really good relationships with them. I think that's what um, really helps build the culture of an organization. And um, I'm grateful for those relationships that I've built. It's helped me feel connected to this company and to the impact that we make here with our clients and, and within the community. It was a little bit different. I mean, you asked about what it's like being a woman in banking. Um, women have come a long way in finance. And while it's not a, a perfect 
um, a perfectly equal environment. It never will. There will always be opportunities for growth and improvement. I'm grateful to be a part of an organization that has stated goals for the development and the advancement of women and other underrepresented groups here. Uh, I remember when I first started with the bank, women wore skirts and wore the dreaded pantyhose. There was no alternative to that. So culturally, things have changed too. I mean, look at my position. I am, you know, I hold the senior most leadership role here for the bank in this state. Um, so what, what's unique about that being a woman in this role, I'm actually the third consecutive woman to hold this role at Truist. I think that that says a lot about not just banking, but Truist itself. Um, but I also recognize that I'm walking along a path that other women have paved for me. So I also know that I have a responsibility to continue to pave this path for others. Well, Katie, you know, when you talked about entering the bank and, you know, not necessarily feeling it was, you know, the place, you are one of the most welcoming people I know. And I really do think that may be something that you brought from that, um, which is, you know, whenever someone walks into a room, you are the first to go in great um, and to welcome. So, you know, I'm so grateful that Truist, you know, brought you into their fold um, and how you then learn from that um, as well and how you greet people. So I just wanted to let you know how much you're appreciated. Oh, thank you. You know, it's interestingly, I'll just add, um, the older that I've gotten, the, everyone has always said that I'm an extrovert, but I'll tell you the older that I've gotten, I think I've become a bit more of an introvert. And what I think that means is that as we, as we grow older, we mature in our roles or within our profession is we know the importance of showing up in, in the times where it matters. And so I do try to, when I'm with others, and in large groups, really try to put it out there. But that also means that when I'm not, I often become a lot more introverted than I probably have been in the past. It's maybe protecting some of that, that mental space for myself and my family. But it's kind of you to say that because I, I do work intentionally to put myself out there and welcome others. Well, it's appreciated. And did you have particular mentors along the way? People that you mentioned the women who paved the way for you in leadership, but are there any people in particular that really guided you? Um, absolutely. Uh, there have been people, um, numerous people, who really in, in a large way or sometimes in a small way have impacted my journey. I can give you a couple examples of that. Um, I remember when I was in college, um, I had a, a pretty big unexpected expense. And um, I, I went to school on, on scholarship and financial aid. And um, I had an aunt step in and, and pay for that unexpected expense without asking and simply as a gift with, with no obligation um, to, to repay it. It changed my life. And it's something that I will forever be grateful for. And I think about it often. And... Um, and I'm just so grateful for that, that act of generosity that was so unexpected and it came at the right time. You know, in my childhood, um, I, my parents, my grandparents, my, my entire family believed in me. And they encouraged me. And what a gift that encouragement was to me as a child. Um, someone who 
I would describe as being very outwardly confident, but inwardly had many doubts. And I'm so grateful uh, that I was surrounded by that encouragement growing up, especially as a teenager. And um, when I was in college, you know, I told you I was pre-med, but when I was in college, I, I worked for a doctor. I worked for a very small doctor's office. And he and his wife became my family. Um, my family away from home, and they loved me unconditionally and probably what was the most tumultuous time of my life, my early life. Um, and then professionally, I, I certainly were, I wouldn't be where I am today with that, a, a very small but fierce group of friends and advisors. And there have been individuals who along the way have, have reached out, have advocated for me behind closed doors um, in a way that have helped me have opportunities for advancement or opportunities for new assignments. But more importantly, I've had friends and mentors who I can go to and, and just talk. Sometimes it's a vent, sometimes it's a strategy session, and sometimes it's words of encouragement or, or words of feedback to help me be better. What qualities do you see in leaders around you or do you see in yourself? I think leaders, you hear this a lot, leaders showing up and, and being authentic. Um, and I do think that's important. Um, I, I try, though, to lead my team and to lead others the way that I would want to be led. So I try to use my own experiences and my own judgment and the way that I show up authentically. Um, and that works most of the time, but not all the time. I also think that it's important as a leader to understand that what matters to you and what motivates you may not be what motivates others and specifically members of your team. Not all teams are alike. And I found that I'm more effective as a leader when I do take the time to listen and understand what my team needs and wants. You're still going to put your own style on it. You still have your own approach and agenda and, and things that, that you need the team to accomplish. But meeting them where they are is important. And it's an important lesson for me that I continue to learn. I'm a, I'm a take charge person. And I often find that it's much easier to do things myself or to do it on my schedule. But I recognize that severely limits me certainly in the long term. So finessing that skill of knowing when to delegate versus when to own something is also critical. Well, you are Georgia region president, and people would say, you know, you've reached this pinnacle of success. Um, what does success mean for you? Oh, <laughs> that's a tough question, because I do think that the success, the definition of success really does ebb and flow over time. And being in banking, being in finance, being in sales, oftentimes we, we look at, um, at leaderboards as a measurement of success. Um, and that's an indicator of success. Um, but, you know, in that ebb and flow of your career, you know, there in some roles, some periods of my career, I feel more successful than others, but I may not feel as fulfilled. And in other times of my career, I felt more fulfilled, more balanced, perhaps finding more joy at work, but maybe not as successful on the leaderboard or in the outward metrics of success. And, and I think the point is that I've had to figure out is, you know, how do I balance that 
that, um, you know, the KPIs in which I'm measured against, against what I really want to accomplish here in my career and the difference that I want to make. So my personal purpose is simply to make a difference. And professionally, that means that I'm helping my team be successful. I'm helping my community prosper or helping my clients achieve their own success. And then personally, that means that I'm helping my family thrive and find joy in each other. And so whether in, in small parts or large parts, I simply want to make a, a positive impact on other people. When I can make that happen, I feel like I'm successful. As you look toward the future, what excites you? Well, personally, I've had a really fun time with my family. I have a rising sophomore in high school and a seventh grader in middle school, and um, they're beginning to think about college. They're navigating life as teenagers. And I remember Agnes Scott. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I have two boys. I have two boys. So. Oh, no. <laughs> um, well, wait till graduate school. We have graduate <laughs> programs. They can come to the graduate programs. Um, but I really do love this age. Um, I'm grateful that my two boys still like me. Um, <laughs> they, they still come to me for advice, and, and um, I get to see the world in their eyes, and that excites me. Um, and I, I'm also really, really excited about the Atlanta Braves this season. I'm, I'm a pretty big Braves fan, and I'm, I'm fortunate to get to go to a good number of the games, and uh, that's um, it's a really fun time to be a Braves fan, I'll tell you. Well, I was going to say, it excites all of us here in Georgia, so <laughs> we're thrilled as well. Katie, it's been such a pleasure having you on the show. Are there any last words of encouragement or advice that you'd like to give to our listeners? Um. Well, someone gave me this advice when I was a, a new college graduate, and um, I just love it. It works. It worked really well for me personally, and I'd love to pass it along. So it's three simple. Um, these are financial advice. You know, I'm a banker, Lee, so I like to keep <laughs> it um, on, on the money talk. Uh, first of all, max out your 401k from day one. Um, when you start putting it away, you don't miss it. And what a gift you are giving yourself and your family in the future by doing that. Um, second is put half of all of your salary increases into automatic savings. So learn to live on less as you, as you grow your income. And the third is every time you get a bonus, especially if it's an annual bonus, buy one splurge item that's just for yourself and something that you're going to use professionally. It's a great reminder of your hard work and that you've earned something um, through that hard work. Um, so those are three kind of practical tips that, that I like to give others. Um, and the last that I would give that maybe is not finance in, in, in nature, but um, you know, offer words of encouragement to other people. Um, sometimes your small words are going to make a really big, perhaps unknowingly big, um, difference in other people's lives. Well, those are wonderful words of advice and encouragement, and I want to thank you for sharing your time and your story with us. To our listeners, I hope you are encouraged and inspired by Catherine Sayes's journey. It is one of the many that we are thrilled to share with you. Thank you for joining us, and thank you for listening. And thank you to our producer, Sydney Perry, for making this podcast possible. I am Leo Katie Zak, and this is Journeys to Leadership.